Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better on this week's Clash Modders in Control. In the red corner... The film whose poster adorned the wall of so many teenage boys' walls, for whom the idea of a cocaine-snorting, gun-toting psychopath was the most aspirational thing in the world. But does it still deliver now we're all grown up? And is it ever okay to fancy your sister? From 1983, we're talking Scarface. I always know one day I'm coming here, United States. 1980, Miami. They called it. Little Havana, where the American dream had a price tag, and only one man in a million was hungry enough to pay. This country, you gotta make the money first. Then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. Scarface. While in the blue corner, just when he thought he was out, they pull him back in. No, we're not doing the much-loved Godfather Part 3, but another <laughs> Al Pacino joint, as his amiable ex-con attempts to go straight and work at a car rental shop, only to find himself dragged back into a world of cocaine, crime, and violent boat trips. From 1993, it's Carlito's Way. Court of Appeals decision now devolve upon me the painful duty of unleashing upon society a reputed assassin. The prisoner's discharge. Call the next case. You Carlito Brigante, man. You a legend. He's one of us. Puts money in everybody's pocket big time. He was big. Just a tough guy. Maybe you don't remember me. My name is... Maybe I don't remember the last time I blew my nose. If I ever see you here again, you die. Did you ever kill anybody, Charlie? Guys went down. Yeah. You just do what you gotta do to survive. So what connects these two movies and which film does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles, Clash Potters in Control. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. All I have in this world is my balls and my word, and I don't break them for no one. 
I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. Hello, little friends. I'm Chris Tilly. I was wondering who'd break first. Oh, I'm glad it was you. It's all I got. Hello, little friends. It's good. It's good. It is. You got one? Uh, maybe later. Right, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Hey, how's tricks then? Uh, I've got a weird story. I've realised that psychosomatic injuries are a real thing. Want to yes. hear about it? Sure. It involves a dog. Your dog? My dog specifically. Thinks he got bitten by you. What? What? <laughs> I didn't mean guess the story. I mean, Sorry. I know your opinion of dogs and I know Simon sort of gets a pass, but I wanted to know if you wanted to know the story. I do, yeah. All right, the build-up's already longer. I can see you looking at me, Chris. Let's get on with it. All right, uh, so uh, my eye, my right eye started watering in the park. It's never happened before. I hadn't got anything in it, hadn't scratched it or touched it or anything, just starts pouring with water. I'm like, this is so weird. Happens to my mum, but I thought it was an age thing or maybe it was a genetic <laughs> thing. Her eyes water a lot. She Did cries you make a lot. Your cry a lot. Yeah. <laughs> do you make your mum cry a lot? Every time I yeah, talk so to why her, am I asking? She cries. I know that you do. <laughs> so I get all the way home and I'm like, this is so weird. Get in. Simon scratched his eyeball, his right eyeball, and it's all swelled up. Wow. And that is the only thing that it could have been that caused my eye to water because I'm so linked to that, that is animal. beautiful you are linked that is lovely. have you started licking your balls <laughs> <laughs> you mean have I stopped licking my balls right then lovely Our stuff thanks, lovely yeah. stuff yeah. <laughs> I mean I asked and you didn't say no yeah. so you know you had an opportunity to back out of that story before it became a thing a month of listener suggestions aka Clash Putters in Control aka Fan Jan aka Fanuary I've decided not to have that fight anymore it wasn't a fight. It was a conversation that you wouldn't participate yes. in. And that the listeners already decided it's fan Jan slash fanuary. Yeah. So well, well, done. whatever. Whatever. I've just I've just got the age old adage, pick your battles going through my head, and I'm not gonna fight this one. Although I am intrigued to know what you're gonna be doing because we are continuing this because we've had so many great suggestions into February. Yes. What are you gonna do for February? February Fanny? <laughs> Anything? Not, yeah, that's fine. That's... <laughs> See? Just, I, I know you're not really fine with it, but, you know, you started us down this road. Could have left it at Clash Brothers in control, but yeah. no. So I will pretend that it was my idea. Febrifani, great stuff. If you have a suggestion <laughs> for a pairing for Febrifani, then email us. <laughs> show at clashpod.com gives a reason for why you want a particular pairing mm. on the show so who did today's pairing come from and I will say don't forget we got Valentine's Day in the middle of February mm. so look at what we've done in the past we've done sort of anti-Valentine's haven't we movies yep. that weekend so yeah send some of those in uh, but this this was requested twice good uh, Anthony Rose uh, requested this film I think that might have been last year actually and Ewan Stoves more recently requested Scarface versus Carlito's Way although neither person gave an actual reason come on how many times do you have to say give us a reason yeah because we spend an hour giving reasons (laughs) give us one fine well there you have it Scarface versus Carlito's Way the clue Chris gave last week was Uh, Gangsters from Paradise good very good Uh, he followed it up on Twitter with you see, you're what, off key what, by like half. That's of, it. She's doing it. Live. In spite of the fact everyone you're said, flat. "Oh, that's your call." You can call me Al on Twitter. Mm. Yeah. I, I know that song really well, but I didn't have a fucking clue. Yeah, but the listeners did, so that's yeah, all. That right, that's all that matters. What you're I love right. in the little video that is on our Twitter at ClashPod <laughs> is the fact that Chris goes, "Come on, join in," and 
he means, you know, sing, and you just start grooving. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm, also, but I'm also kind of nudging her. I'm pushing her a little bit with my shoulder. Coercive dancing. You've got a little shuffle going on. It's very nice, very sexy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're on Twitter at ClashPod, Instagram at ClashPod, and the guessers. They screamed at us like coke-addled gangsters. Congratulations to Gemma Page, Henry Crinkle, Peter Mahoney, who all got the right answer, but the winner this week is your crime boss supreme. Well done, Andrew Logan. Your prize is a quick hello from my little friend. His name is Chris Tilly, and he'll leave you a video message saying hello, all for just £10. Let me know if you're interested. I'll send you my bank details. And that goes for any Clash Podders who want a hello from Chris Tilly. <laughs> Monetizing the pod. <laughs> Connection section, what you got? Uh, your boyfriend is really old and can't dance with you. <laughs> wait, wait. So Elvira can't dance with Frank because he's like, oh, I can't be bothered. Basically, he's too old. And Gail can't dance with Carly to have a massive sit <laughs> Toot, nose candy, blow, rails, snow, mm. devil's candy, coke. I got a better one. Cocaineum. <laughs> <laughs> Red heat. Uh, yes, very good. Lots and lots of cocaineum. Uh, wonderfully tense drug deals that go wrong yep. in the first act. Yeah, I mean the obvious one. Same producer, same director, same star. Let's get that covered off. And Angel, Angel Salazar. He's yes. Chi in, in Scarface oh, yeah. and he's Walberto in uh, Carlito's Way. And he wears a, a delightful hat in both. He does, there's a character called Sosa in Scarface mm, and this. Sasso. I wrote that down and didn't Carlito. know if I was going to say it out loud. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's, no, it's like, is this a good one? I don't know. <laughs> They're an anagram. Yeah. <laughs> uh, protagonists who die at the end. Uh, both films feature a lot of spittle. Um, Al Pacino, there are scenes in both where you're like watching it fly out of his mouth. I when didn't he's, notice. When he's grandstanding. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot. There's, there's, there's getting out of lockup. There's becoming nightclub owners. There's doing cocaine off big expensive desks. Mm. Um, Al Paraiso is in both films. Mm. It's a nightclub in uh, Carlito's Way and it's the food stand in uh, Scarface. Nice. That's true. Um, or- orangey posters on walls, kind of. I think they both feature. <laughs> what are you talking about? Pictures of De Palma trees, don't they? Yeah, yeah. In, the, in Frank's car place, mm. there's that horrible picture, and there's, then Carlito dies to that horrible. Yeah, picture. there's this fancy sort of picture in the background. Plus, I could say pictures of De Palma no, trees. I know. Yes. I, 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 Which I think it. I suspect <laughs> was the point, mm. yeah, and I was. feel foolish now. <laughs> it genuinely was. I'm done. Uh, both movies, and uh, we'll talk about this when we come to the movie. So I'll just uh, a little a little appetizer here. Both movies uh, involve Brian De Palma adding in footage when he'd been asked to cut specific stuff mm. out by the studio. Yeah, yes. knock it back in and slouching. Al Pacino sits on oh, sofas man. in a very specific way, yeah. like a flap of skin that has no bones. He just sort of like the sofa's eating him. There's one in David Kleinfeld's office, and there's one where he's. Tony sitting somewhere. It's just a very noticeable. It's when he goes to that, that the big house at the start of Scarface, yes. and he's sort of in that. Yeah, Frank's house. He's emoting a lot. The way he's sitting is is giving yeah. us a lot. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to get worse as well. So on Thursday, <laughs> I'll provide a map to guide us down Carlito's way, which means today V is reminding us how she'll kill a communist for fun, but for a green card, she's going to carve him up real nice. V, take us on a journey. 
Nothing exceeds like excess, which sounds like a stupid cokehead fortune cookie thing to say, but actually makes sense as the words share the Latin root excedere, meaning to go beyond, just as Tony Montana has done in order to rise to the top of the Miami drug dealing scene, exceeding what immigration officers, Colombian drug dealers, and actually his pretty reasonable boss, Frank Lopez, think he's capable of to earn the fortune he needs to indulge his excess, which includes tigers and a massive bath to watch telly in. Unfortunately for Tony, he's also got a hankering for lines of coke the size of an Arctic roll and his sister, both of which loosen his grip on reality. And after a subplot involving escorting a hitman on a tour of New York because the hitman doesn't speak English, <laughs> even though putting a bomb under someone's car is best done very quietly, i.e. without talking, <laughs> Tony's tacky as fuck gold-plated world falls apart. Taking a missile launcher from his cabinet, every home should have one, he meets a gloriously violent end before falling into a pool of blood. A bath of blood. Oh, it's a literal bloodbath. Cool, neat subtext frame. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, are you saying that he likes his sister? I didn't pick up on that at all. I think she might like him more, maybe. I don't know. What are you talking about? It's not a healthy relationship they don't have. Yeah. It's quite Shakespearean, actually. I mean, this you is know. weirdly, that's the biggest argument Nettie and I had because about how much he actually wants to have sex with mm. her and how much he's just a very protective older mm. brother. I think it's an interesting debate. I can't figure out which side either of you came down. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird moment. No, I think she's, I think it's very much that he does fancy her. Mm, I yeah. thought that. I yeah. thought that as well. She, yeah. And Nettie doesn't think that. No, Nettie thinks he's just being protective and then. She's reacting to him being too overprotective when she walks in at the end going, fuck me, Tony. <laughs> I also think she's been driven mad as well. She's just watched yeah. her husband mowed down by a brother. I think she's gone a bit she's, potty. Yeah. Although we don't want to jump the gun, but really, what was Manny thinking? It's <laughs> what like, was Manny thinking? He gave him. He deserved what was coming yeah. to him. One rule. You have one but rule. But we got married. He's not going to care. <laughs> if, you're, that, if anything, that's worse. If, yeah. if your <laughs> boss is Tony Montana, addled with cocaine at this point in time, don't bugger don't off fuck his sister. and then don't marry his sister in secret. Surprise! Oh, so, don't answer the door in your dressing gown. Have some respect. Oh, have you just been shagging? Obviously. Yeah. And don't don't say we were going to surprise you because, I mean, what was more of a surprise than this? I killed him. I, my surprise beats your potential surprise. And, and that is Scarface done. I think it is. That's the most we've ever jumped ahead. That was exciting. But doesn't it feel good? We had a lot to get off our chests, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I'll let's well let's just go through the usual thing just anyway yeah. just because that's what uh, people have paid for <laughs> <laughs> paid yeah. what are you talking about our advertisers <laughs> come on let's go through the motions sorry sorry, sorry. Um, so uh, I've seen this twice before oh, yeah. and I'd forgotten how long it is which is weird and um, everybody at college used to do the impression this is before I'd seen the film about say hello to my little mm-hmm. friend <laughs> I didn't know what that was Mark used to walk around going I'm a political prisoner and I was like I don't know what you're talking about. So, so finally I got to see it. Does Mark give a speaking sentences? Last week he walked around going, bowl it, mushy bowl it. And now he's going, I'm a political prisoner. <laughs> yeah, you know, he doesn't say much. You know him. <laughs> he's a man of few words. Uh, but It's just I wish those few words weren't so nuts. <laughs> Um, and that's it. So uh, I used to always think, although the, I suppose the moment has passed given my encroaching age, that I would one day dress as Michelle Pfeiffer in fancy dress. But I don't think I will now because I don't think, I think that moment has passed. Okay. Let the younger people have it. It's it fine. Hasn't. 
Thanks. Right. Really? Yeah. Could I get a bob? I think I probably could. Yeah, I don't know. I have a glass elevator in my house that you can post. It only goes one floor. <laughs> That's the best. But houses do have that. Yeah. It's a crazy thing. But it also, it, it stops atop steps. So it's like, what a pointless lift. I really don't like that scene because I think it's a reflex action for a human. If you are in a glass elevator, you look out the glass. Oh, you yes, just you do. do. Yeah. And it works for the scene, but the fact she's sort of facing the doors, it's who does that? No yeah. one does that. It's quite rude. So that's my history with Scarface. What about yourself? Uh, I saw it once as a teenager. Maybe I was 15-ish, I think. I did not have the poster on my wall. My friend had it on the poster of his flat when he was a little bit older, but he was a petty drug dealer, so that makes sense. Um, <laughs> Absolute fanny magnet. <laughs> you walk in, you see that, a guitar. Fucking let's get to it. <laughs> Some scales, some bags of weed. When you say he was a petty drug dealer, do you mean you just get annoyed over the stupidest things? <laughs> That's not how you roll it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm sort of aware more of the kind of cult status of this film and what it represents for a lot of people than I am my own memories of it. I remember two things from watching it as a kid, which is the drug deal gone wrong and the ending. And that mm. is it, which is why, like you, when I saw it, it was three hours long. Mm. I was like... No, what it's not. else is going to be in this? Yeah. No, it's not. It was a bit of an adventure. So, yeah. Yeah, I was a bit scared to watch this when I was a kid. So I watched the original instead, <laughs> <laughs> which is surprisingly similar to this. All the sister stuff's in there. Really? No, yeah, yeah. In the 1932 version? Definitely. Definitely. He, I mean, it's, it, it's less of the sexual tension and more he's very protective of her right. and is obsessed with no one coming near her and stuff. But I'll, yeah, I'll it's, show it's Nettie all, that version. <laughs> it's all there. And, that, and, and, he, and that's why he gets killed at the end or part of the reason he gets shot at the end. And yeah, uh, it's good. But yeah, I watched this probably when I was about the same age as you, Alex. And I mean, it, it did freak me out how violent it was, but I did have my eyes shut for the chainsaw scene. Mm. So I yes. didn't, I don't think I realised until this week that you really don't don't see anything. No. It's the, it's the Reservoir Dog's Ear thing going on there. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a fright. I found it a very frightening film and, and Tony a very frightening character. I also thought it was very silly mm. and I found myself laughing at it quite a lot back then. You know, the melodrama and some of the acting and some of the dialogue, it just felt a bit silly and I always kind of wrote it off as, oh, that's the silly gangster. That's the really violent, really silly gangster film. Mm. And so it was interesting coming back to it after sort of 20 years. I think it's both, isn't it? Like, mm. I, think, I think it's a film in two halves. Um, all right then, shall we have some background? Cool. Okay, so it was going to be a straight remake of the 1932 Howard Hawks version, which is about Al Capone, who was Italian-American, um, as we know. And uh, so it was like spearheaded by producer Martin Bregman. And they did get Brian De Palma initially, but then he left. So then you get Sidney Lumet from Dog Day Afternoon and all of this makes sense. It was always going to be Al Pacino. There's like different accounts. So Martin Bregman says it was his idea. Al Pacino says it was his idea. Who cares? I don't, I don't actually care I, about it. No, no one does. They do. They really do, yeah. <laughs> they they contradict each other about that. No, so, they're friends, isn't it? Martin Bregman was his old manager. Yeah. He was his manager as well. And obviously yeah. they make Carlitos way together. Yeah. So... Sidney Lumet is the person that decides it might be better to bring it into the 80s, make it about cocaine and make it about the Mariolitos, which were people that were on the Mario boat lift, which is this true story of this exodus of people from Cuba 
to the US. It's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. I mean, Fidel, so I mean, I, I learned about, I read about it after watching the start of this, but mm. basically he goes, yeah, look, if you don't like me mm, and my regime, fuck off. you can go live with your families in Miami. Uh, small catch, you have to take all my inmates with you because yeah. they're here because they don't like me either. So they basically chuck all these prisoners yeah. on boats. So the, there are very varied accounts of how many people, how many people left a prison cell to get on a boat to the US so I think what isn't there a title card? Mm. It says twenty five thousand in the film. Yeah, twenty five thousand of one hundred twenty five thousand of the refugees had criminal records. But is I've, what they put. Yeah, up. they put that. But I've read account. It was closer to two and a half thousand people left prison to or were freed from prison to get on the boat. But also, uh, in terms of context, having a criminal record in quote marks is means a, a lot a broad spectrum of things, and it may have been quite easy to pick up a criminal record under. Castro's mm. reign mm. it doesn't necessarily mean you're Tony Montana stepping off that boat yeah. kind of thing but it works for dramatic purposes here but just in terms of like what really went down so Oliver Stone is hired to write it and Oliver Stone at the time just loved Coke he loved, loved Coke so very very it's much it's easy to love <laughs> it's very Moorish not, not after watching this though like no that bit at the end when he's blah. doing it at the end I think as a kid I was like oh that's cool drugs are cool literally watching it this time I was like holding my own chest I'm like ow yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it made me feel so sick I do think it's it is part of the magic of the film in that way in that Coke is for people like us we think Coke is special because you only ever see it in minuscule amounts and it costs a fucking load of money to get a tiny amount so it's it, when you you see a huge amount of it you don't think oh that's more luxury it's not you see more gold and it's all shiny and lovely you just think oh yuck like <laughs> it, it's it sort of disrupts what you think of coke you think coke is magic because it's small when it's huge it's just horrible yeah yeah it's like you know it's it's always diminishing i imagine You're yeah like, oh what, what, what happens when it's gone to have that much of it to have an excess of it yeah Ruins the magic. Ruins the allure of it. <laughs> it was baby laxative, though, apparently, that they used in the film, wasn't it? Was apparently, Al Pacino snorted enough baby laxative that his nose like wasn't in a good place. By I the mean, end of I the read movie. him saying it really ruined my nose. It's like that and the coke, though, to be <laughs> fair. Like, I don't think he'd ever baby, not put anything up there before. Baby laxative. That's Wouldn't that work on an adult as well? That's so exactly you're, what you're I thought. You're just taking a lot of laxative. Do you, you mean? You just do really small poos, like baby poos. Do you mean? <laughs> Baby milk, powdered milk. That's what. No, they say it's baby laxative because that had the right uh, consistency to resemble cocaine. Wow. Okay, all right. Well, what a fun time in his trailer. <laughs> Must have been. <laughs> Want to come in and get fucked <laughs> uh, on on cocaine? Uh, yeah, oh, why not? Give that ten minutes. <laughs> you don't want to go in there. Uh, baby Somebody light a candle. <laughs> we'll go right through you. <laughs> I just need to laugh. All right, I'm all right. So anyway, Oliver Stone, in his own words, he toured Cuba, Bolivia, and Ecuador, and various other Central American states to <laughs> sample, to, meet, to sample, <laughs> yeah. to hang out with you've the guys. To, you've got to do your research. You do. You've got to do your research. You've I been wonder, gone for six months, Oliver. Because <laughs> also, if you're Oliver Stone and you get, I mean, he wasn't a huge big deal at this stage, but do you get an advance payment against the? Well, you, mm. actually, no, you do get an advance payment. Oliver, you've got screen. to come out of your hotel room to do this research. <laughs> so that's dreamy. But then apparently he loved the coke too much and you can't write a script in that state. So he goes to Paris and he gets clean and he, in his words, said farewell to coke by writing a movie about coke. Mm. <laughs> so uh, so this is what you've got. You've now got this very um, coked up kind of 
not tacky. I don't mean like that, but I mean you know what I mean. The the, the excess of Tony Montana's life and all the rest of it. So Sidney Lumet hates that. It's too daft for him. Uh, and then uh, Brian De Palma comes back. I mean, and that's kind of it. It was always going to be Al Pacino because he says it was basically all his well, idea. You say that there is there is there was an interview that Al Pacino and Robert De Niro did together. Um, and there could have been a version of this where, Al, where Robert De Niro played uh, Tony Montana. Mm. Uh, it wouldn't have been the same film, but it was the fact that um, Robert De Niro said to Al Pacino at the time when he was talking about making Scarface, they had a coffee together and he was like, look, if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. And Al Pacino hadn't realised that Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro had actually been discussing doing mm. a version of Scarface mm. that would have happened if mm. Al Pacino hadn't done it with Brian De Palma. Okay. So we could have had a Scorsese Scarface with De Niro as Tony. Okay. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want that. I want either. him to wait and do Goodfellas. <laughs> Preserve that. Uh, for So, um, Michelle Pfeiffer as Elvira. Uh, Al Pacino didn't want her. Martin Bregman did want her. Brian De Palma didn't want her. Uh, Gina Davis was mentioned and Carrie Fisher and Sigourney Weaver. But she, because she wasn't anyone, she'd done Grease 2 and that was fucking rubbish. So There were a couple of names. I, I mean, I think she's great in this. She's amazing. I can't imagine any other people doing that role apart from these two. The two names that I thought when I went through the list, I was like, I kind of see that. Kim Bassinger. Yes. I think she'd have been all right. And Melanie Griffith. Yes. I think would have been really good. Yeah. I Not around that. all that baby laxative at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Different shoot. Um, Stephen Bauer is Manny. He just got cast straight away. So he says, uh, meets the casting director. She says, yep, you're Manny, which is good. And we desperately need Cuban. someone Cuban. <laughs> we've got the wrong because we've got to have one Cuban. Yeah. What's your heritage? This- Right, okay. Well, I'll pretend to think about it for five minutes, but yeah, you can do do it. So do I audition? No, you don't. No no one auditions on this. But other people (laughs) seem to be. Not you, though. No, don't ask questions. John Travolta apparently was considered for the role, though, which also I could have seen. No, I think I think uh, Stephen Barry's brilliant. Oh, he's yeah. great. So I he's got a touch of the Manny about him in real life as well. I was sort of looking into his personal life and he met his 18-year-old girlfriend when he was 58. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> very, very Manny. <laughs> and you know, you know how she uh, she was convinced? He went... <laughs> <laughs> he did the tongue thing. That's really funny. That's really funny. I thought you were going to say, he said say hello to my little friend. <laughs> yeah, bought her a tiger. So uh. it nearly got an X rating. Obviously, that would have killed it. Oliver Stone made some edits but they just they couldn't get it past uh, the certification people so this is fun they appealed it on, they accepted it and then appealed it and they appealed it on the grounds that it's a realistic portrayal of that life of drug dealing but they also got some like psychologists to say it's actually an anti-drugs movie because Tony doesn't come to a good end and the drugs are, they do turn horrible at the end so because it's important to show what that real life is actually like as well as being glamorous and, and all the rest of it they got an R rating because it's a realistic portrayal of some, you know, the decline and fall. And to go back to what I said at the start, Brian De Palma did make some cuts to get the R rating. Yeah. But he felt the cuts were so small, uh, they affected it for him. He didn't think it was as good, yeah. but he didn't think they'd really notice. So before it was released, he mm. put them all back in. It's awesome. And they didn't notice. They didn't notice. Yeah. No, they don't know what they're seeing, do they? Yeah. Um, and I did. I was so I was like vaguely aware of this, but it just didn't. It didn't do very well at the time, and I didn't realise that Brian De Palma was nominated for a Golden Raspberry for best, uh, worst director at the time, which seems really churlish, <laughs> mm. because I think I mean it, it's not. It is silly and it is excessive and it is daft, but it is also quite serious and it's brilliant. And I, I just, I just can't believe it was that ridiculed that he was nominated for that. Mm. I was surprised. And do you know this fact about Saddam Hussein? Because it's gross, but there we no. are. So apparently, this is according to Wikipedia, but, you know, he had a company that he used to launder money and he called it Montana Management. Wow. After Tony. There you go. 
That's uh, that's what my my friend who had the poster on the wall went into <laughs> money laundering <laughs> yeah, in Montana money. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about this weirdly last week with uh, the Big Lebowski. Uh, which you'll remember was uh, number 29 mm. on the list oh, of yeah. movies that contain the word fuck the most in history. Yep. Where do you think Scarface is on that list? Come on, let's play a game. Higher I or lower? Like you told us last year. Higher or lower? Last week, didn't you? Yeah, well, there you go. It's a memory game. It's Well, it's nearer one. You think it's <laughs> nearer one? Higher or Chris lower. is going nearer one. He's going higher. Lower. You're thinking lower. <laughs> Vicky's right. Okay. Goodfellas is what you're thinking of. That was the one I mentioned mm. last week. Yeah, uh, Scarface... Big Lebowski at 29, Scarface at number 63, uh, just above Spun, 8 Mile and 22 Jump Street <laughs> and below Layer Cake and Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> Hot Tub Time Machine, I like that film. <laughs> Great film. <laughs> okay, so I think that's that. Shall we talk about the film? Yeah. All right, so we've talked about the Mario Botlift, so let's just get on and meet Tony Montana. Uh, what the Mario Botlift title card stuff has done is established which is I think is a massive plus of this film that Tony Montana is a criminal he's not going to be drawn into crime striving for the American dream he arrives as a criminal and what's brilliant about Al Pacino's performance here it's got a certain I would say not to be a twat a certain majesty at this point because he's playing a man playing at being the sort of grateful immigrant person but messing around with the immigration officers, but trying to downplay his threat, but he's got enough pride that he can't quite act like he's no one, mm. which is incredible. Yeah. It's um, watching it as a grown-up compared to a kid and watching his performance, um, It's there's an amazing energy yeah. about mm. him. Like he's constantly everything. moving, isn't he? Yeah. He never stops. And he's funny as well. And I think Pacino himself said that we, we wanted to find the humour in the character because it would just be too bleak if you couldn't laugh at him sometimes, with him sometimes. Yeah. And he is. He's, he's funny here. Funny. Yeah. The scene where the immigration officer goes, uh, where'd you get that scar, tough mm. guy? Eating pussy. Mm. The TV dubbed version. Which oh, brilliant. Is... <laughs> this is my new favourite section. <laughs> it's a guy called Harry Tattleman who does all Universal's TV dubs. And Martin Bregman says he was very happy with it because he was like, how the fuck are you going to do this? Yeah. Or how the fun are you going to do this? <laughs> And um, apparently it, it works, but this bit is, uh, there's a few coming up, but I'll do them as they come up. This one's, uh, where'd you get that scar tough guy? Eating pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> it's more believable. <laughs> it is more believable, isn't it? Well, she got teeth up there. I mean, like, was she hiding knives in it? Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, you know... What? Come on! If either of although you, I've just realised it's not meant to you, be that, is it? It's meant to be. He went with the wrong woman and he got into a fight because of that. I when I first saw, oh, I was yeah, like, no, oh, I did you, got, yeah, razor blades <laughs> up there, which is a thing. <laughs> I didn't say you could do that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense now, doesn't it? Yeah. If it, otherwise, I mean, it's a very odd thing to say. I know you say it's more believable eating pineapple. If either of you came in with a scar <laughs> from eating pineapple, I would laugh at you. It's not that easy. Okay. Yes. True. So yeah, but the point of that scene is. Here is a man biding his time. He's going to make his move. It isn't going to be now, but he is definitely going to make a move at some point. And there's, there is very heavy-handed... I mean, I want to say foreshadowing, but foreshadowing implies subtlety. And this subtle this is not this film. So one of the immigration officers mm. points out that he's got Tony's got a tattoo on his hand. He downplays it, Tony does. But the immigra immigration officer says it's a code and he knows of one similar for an assassin. Mm. Cut to... Tony's got to assassinate an enemy of Frank Lopez's when he's in Freetown, uh, which sets him on his way to his entry to the US. 
So this is, you know, again, I like this about his character. It's not the take on the American dream, which is work hard and get rich. He's not tempted by the easy path or the wrong path. He's just down for whatever from the minute he gets there. He, he says he'll do it for fun mm. and you believe him. Um, which is very different to there are different there are certain set pieces in this where you could do since you're not doing a faithful um, adaptation of the Al Capone story you could do a much more sort of traditional man is corrupted by kind of thing and that's not what we do so it's so Tony's attitude and his sort of front he gets involved in this very sketchy drug deal with the Colombians Mm. and what you're watching in this scene because you're not watching a man that you're kind of you're not really rooting for him because he's not a good person you're just watching him do his thing yeah but what you're watching is his attitude because he walks into the middle of a very scary dangerous situation Mm. and he doesn't give a shit especially Marta Marta's frightening. Oh my god, she's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> she's got the biggest gun as well. <laughs> I um, I th- I see what you mean. Y- you're not rooting for him. I mean, I think you kind of are because he is, you know, your protagonist. So we are following him. So you kind of have to root for him in some way. Yeah. But what works in this scene is that the other guy is even worse by breaking the code of a drug deal and yeah. trying to cheat them out of money. That immediately makes you go, okay, well. I guess within the confines of the drug deal, Mm. that's worse than just doing a drug deal, doing a drug deal and then pretending you have got the money and then not having it. So he's the bad guy, so Tony's the good guy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because we want we want honour amongst our thieves, don't we? Yeah. If we're, especially if we're going to watch them for three hours. That's true. Got another dub for you here when uh, Tony says, why don't you try sticking your head up your ass? Uh, The dub is, why don't you try sticking your head up your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not even trying. Um, is the, Just down the toilet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why is your toilet on the ceiling? Huh? Put your head up the toilet that is on your ceiling. Brilliant. Is this the most second most famous shower scene in cinema, do you think? After Psycho, yeah, uh, it's I find I, every time I watch this, I find it terrifying. It, it is, is terrifying. Okay, it's good. Great. I'm not just me being because, a woman. It's a horror know, movie. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like something out of Texas Chainsaw. And there are other horror movie motifs, especially when with Gina later. Whenever he sees Gina, he's like, eyes, eyes, close on the eyes. I love the bit here. When the chainsaw comes out, the camera just sways away out of the room and you cut back onto the street and everything's normal and Manny's chatting this girl up and all the rest of it. Just because, the t- I mean, Brian De Palma in this film and also in Carlito's way, the tension is unreal because you've seen a chainsaw but you can't hear anything. And so you just, you fill in the gaps yourself. It's mm. so good. Mm. to then And then just sweep back in. And it's a bit of a shame. You sweep back in and nothing's actually happened. Like it would be quite good if, if, if you'd missed something. Well, but- they, did, they, they did shoot stuff, like looking at behind the scenes stuff. There's body parts all over the place, but they took it all out of the film because they just thought that would be too much. So there is a violent version of this. Um, well, a version where you see stuff. Mm. But I think what you said before, like the first time I watched it, I closed my eyes. Mm. So the second time, third time, I thought I'd seen limbs flying everywhere. Yeah. I thought I saw him completely just limbless in the bath. That's why it's more effective. It really works. And like from Tony's character... In this this scene, this is his first very scary test because the look that his friend is giving him, I've forgotten his name, you know that Tony is going to let him die. Mm, Angel, because, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. Mm. And he does feel bad about it. You can tell he, feel, he feels yeah. bad about it. But he understands on the other side of this afternoon, there is untold wealth. And if he can just get through this, which he definitely can, he can have everything he wants. So I think he feels bad for Angel, but he is going to let him die. And Angel knows that. And that's what's so good about it. 
Um, because I, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to give up now. He's only just got here, kind of thing. I think what you're talking about is some good face acting there. Oh yeah, some great face acting. One of the best. I visited their location, the little stairwell outside where that actually takes place on a Miami tour. Bus tour around Miami. Lovely. Because yeah. nice. actually, not a lot of the locations are in Miami. Most of the movie, because yeah. the Miami Tourist Board, unsurprisingly, went. Fuck off. This, uh, <laughs> this doesn't. This doesn't make us look good. Can well, you not shoot here? I, I believe the Cubans weren't all that happy either. No, exactly. In fact, I think isn't it at the very end it goes. This isn't uh, representative of the Cuban people who came over. Yeah, the Cuban Americans. Yeah, big red letters on the screen. But yeah, it's. Um, yeah, they shot most of it in Los Angeles, but that stairwell I saw in 2016. I was there for the US election. And well, you were culpable. You, in it. How, were you, how were you involved in that? They asked me to burn some Clinton the votes. votes. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me some boxes mm. marked uh, yes for Clinton and I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to just put them in the seat. Pretty sure everyone hates her, <laughs> so we'll just chuck Why them away. Why did you go to America no. for the election? Because my mum was there in America when uh, she was there for the election when Barack Obama... He's seen if they'll let him do news. <laughs> He's trying to get promoted. I can do news. Welcome to news. I'm Alex Zane. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right, guys? You're live. Stop asking if it's right. Cool. Uh, so, oh, what's going on with you? <laughs> they can't talk back. It's TV. It, it, um, it was because uh, my mum wanted to uh, be there. She was there when Barack Obama got elected president, and so she wanted to be there. In her words, I want to be in America when the first female president oh, of the USA no. is elected. And I went, cool, let's go. And Florida, I think, was a, a, you know, they weren't sure which way it was going to go. And so we got to sit there and, uh, and watch Trump be elected, which was not uh, the holiday we planned. Oh, no. I mean, there's worse things that he did than ruin my <laughs> holiday, but there you go. And that's when your mum started crying uncontrollably <laughs> and never stopped. You're like, one day that'll be me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's I feel sad. I feel bad for you, Mum. Um, so Tony's he's passed the first test, so now he's on his way up. So he's off to Frank's house, mm. and then here's Elvira. She is in what I will say is the second best green dress in movies. Do you know what the first one is? Poison Ivy from Batman and Robin. Incorrect. You want to have a go? I can't think. Wait, I bet there is. I bet we. I bet we know this. You and me. You know when we talk, we have our dress <laughs> chat. <Yeah>. <laughs> green dress. Give us a clue. Yeah. Um. An adaptation, British, uh, the young actress in it was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, is it Keira Knightley? Yeah, it is. In that film with James McAvoy. Yeah. Atonement. Yeah. Oh. That's a hell of a green dress. Okay. That's the best green dress in movies. Okay. You think this sounds like some stupid shit that I've made up, but there is a Vogue article about the most unforgettable green dresses in movies, although Elvira's <laughs> dress isn't in it. <laughs> very specific. Unforget not just unforgettable dresses, unforgettable green dresses well, in movies. Yeah, it's, no, it's an important character choice because the reason she if she wears a red dress, you're telegraphing too obviously that yeah. she's a bit of a siren or whatever. She wears a black dress, it's too morose. So green in dual green says, "I am here. Please notice me, but I'm not yet." Green's a the color of money. Oh yeah, oh, which is what she well. is into. I don't know why it's not in the list though. Vogue, if you're listening, <laughs> stupid. Yeah, they do listen. So that's uh, <laughs> why is it you pointed that out? There's a line here that I didn't realize was the origin of that line that I've heard a billion times. Uh, don't get high on your own supply. Mm. What they make it up in this film? This was where it came from, I believe. No. Yeah, I think this is where you first heard that, and people then started going. That's really, a great line. What, like no one in the sixties ever said that. I don't think so. You don't know? Just I say don't. no. Don't I, matter. I, Do oh. pretend you're me. No, no. Honestly, I'm being nice to you. Flip reverse. Just it. pretend you're me. Just got. No, of course they didn't. The old switcheroo. <laughs> yes, this was the first time yeah. that line was ever said. That's all right, I believe you. It feels good, doesn't it? It does. Assert yourself, mm. girl. <laughs> Thanks, sis. <laughs> anyway, so 
Frank takes Tony out. This I love this scene because Tony's doing that thing where he's pretending to be grateful and he's pretending to be like the grateful peasant. Omar calls him a peasant and that is what he's doing. He's like, he doesn't get the wine, but he's like, well, this wine is lovely. And you can see he's looking at everything. He's like, I will have all of this, but for now, now is not the right time mm. to like flex. So I'm just going to pretend to be super grateful and humble even. And he obviously isn't. Um, but when he's thinking about what he's got his eye on and what he wants to take, obviously the first thing he's really after would be Elvira. Uh, so he dances with her because Frank's too old to dance and doesn't want to. And I think it's fair to say that sparks do not fly, which no. is good. <laughs> I mean, they seem to hate each other, but genuinely, not like in a fun rom-com way, I think they genuinely dislike each other. And I think he dislikes her more than she dislikes him. What? No. What? He's really he's really cruel. He's really mean. She's just disdainful. He's That's her character. He's negging her. He's doing the game. I don't know. It seems very convincing. Doesn't negging cross over to I just fucking don't like but him? But I don't think he ever really likes her. No, I don't. Um, I think what we've got going on here is... She's the object that he wants because she's the beautiful blonde prom queen. So she represents that. He wants to possess that. And then she's obviously got no interest in him at the moment because he's he's nothing to her. Yeah. He's not powerful yet. And so there's nothing that's why the sparks aren't flying here. It's because there's nothing going on between them. I don't think he ever loves her. There's an interesting question I have about this, because the line later where he sits with her by the pool and he's like, um, with the right woman by my side, mm-hmm. I can go all the way. Yes. And I never really understood what that meant because what he's saying is it will help him take over the world and become a huge success yeah. if she's with him which yeah. suggests what that to be uh, to be accepted by his peers or to uh, to you know take yeah, she's over the, this. she's the trophy she's right. the ultimate trophy she's a yeah her character's really interestingly drawn because she's classy but she's not really is she and she's but she's not super trashy mm. but she has got problems she doesn't seem to be like a blue blood type but it's so about it's, appearances then for him it's it's not mm, about i would say so right well, I think at this and what stage, she represents as well. Yeah, like I say, you, she was wife. definitely the prom queen, yeah. and that's that's what he wants. Okay. I think she gives him validity because of the reasons Chris has said, but also that's Frank's wife. So if he gets her, then you are Frank, but possibly more. Yeah. Okay. It feels like it feels like a strange thing to say to her. I guess then because wouldn't you just sort of be like you, it's almost like he's verbalizing an internal monologue, like as opposed to just pretending at least to her that yeah. there is something more than her just representing success. Yeah. For him. But it does work, doesn't it? Because at the, their, their relationship is quite transactional. She wants to be with the most powerful person. He wants to be with the most beautiful person. That's transactional. Mm. But then later on, when he rescues her, kind of, from her bed, she does seem really pleased to see him. Like, she seems to be willing, in a way, it sours in seconds. But she doesn't seem to be in that marriage with, like, oh, you know, this is a transactional thing. I think she knows that he's just killed Frank because he's covered in blood. Oh, okay. So she doesn't. I want think him, she's yeah. aware, and she's like, "All right, it's yeah, happened. It's always going to happen. <laughs> next <Yeah>. one, <laughs> let's yeah. go." She does deliver one of my favourite lines in the movie. A very funny line, and I think let's say it now. This is infinitely more quotable than Carlito's way. Yeah. When she sees the yellow car, he comes to pick her up in, and it's got tiger print seats. Yeah. And she says it looks like somebody's nightmare. <laughs> Great line. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit more, not foreshadowing, because foreshadowing is subtle. Uh, but like you said about the never get high on your own supply. So these are the rules. Never underestimate the other guy's greed. Never get high on your own supply. So Frank will fall foul of rule number one and Tony will fall foul of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. On that structural note, we'll have a break. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So anyway, um, so Tony's in and he's making it and then he goes home to see Mama Montana. <laughs> but she is not happy. She is not impressed. But Gina is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gina loves him. Uh, the flirt. But, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Little fun fact. The actress who plays Mama Montana, whose name I've not written down, is four years older than Al Pacino in that scene. Wow. That's his mom. And she was in yeah. goal. Was she? <laughs> she was in goal, yeah. She's no. Part of that. She's part of uh, Santiago Munez's mob. Is she? <laughs> yeah. I think she's very good here. That's why I was looking up. I was like, oh, goal. She's brilliant. Yeah. Four years older than him. Thanks, Hollywood. Yes, mm. you can play his mom. We were saying about there's a, the, the, uh, there's a movie on Netflix at the moment called The Nest, which has a really similar scene to this, which is a really good, yeah. a good beat where... The son, a son returns to his mother after a while away uh, as this big like shot and thinking he's going to be welcomed with open arms. And then they sort of go, fuck you. Yeah. It's great. It is good. It is. I mean, Mama Montana doesn't even really let up. Like, even at the end, she's like, help me, Tony. Find Gina. Pierce, everything you touch turns to dust. <laughs> <laughs> and everything she says is right, though. Yeah. Mum knows. Yeah, she always knows. Mm. Um. So this is more like Tony's kind of ascension. We have this like awesome factory tour. Whereabouts? They're not in Panama, are they? Whereabouts? Where is Sosa's factory? Columbia. Uh, no, they're in Bolivia. 
Bolivia. Bolivia. Okay. Mm. So Salsa's got this cool factory <laughs> churning out just a fucking load of cock. Um, and Omar dies. And I think it's pretty elaborate. I mean, this is, for me, the film is, and nothing wrong with this, but we're making the bridge here from, it's not social realism, but there are elements that you buy into as this immigrant person's story. But then dangling Omar from a helicopter just to say, look, I killed Omar, is elaborate and uh, stagey. Yeah, but also that scene would just be, a few people talking. Yeah. You know, you do want a little, to be a little mini scene and have a sort of what the fuck moment in its own right. And a guy being hung out of a helicopter, you know, makes that scene much more memorable. There's a, you can do it another way though. Like they're all sat, Salsa and Omar and Tony are at a table and mm-hmm. you just have a conversation and it looks like Salsa is going to side with Omar because Tony's being, um, he's trying to do Frank's business behind his back and being above his station. So it seems to side with him, with uh, Omar, like, who the fuck is this guy? Shoots Omar. Yeah, Yeah, but he hangs him out of a helicopter. I see what you're saying. (laughs) It's the spectacle of it. It's a very memorable image that you've not seen before. No, and it had never been done before because that's a real stuntman that jumped out of that helicopter. Yeah, it didn't look real to me, but yeah, uh, De Palme was saying that had never been done before. And I guess as well for the character, Tony Montana is not scared of anything. And so he sees a man who's ostensibly his protection in this world because he's out of the country. And dangling from his neck by a helicopter, and he, not, he doesn't even flinch. So, no. that, yeah, that does make sense. Did you see the re- there's a really interesting bit in that, which I wonder whether it influences Sosa's decision to kill Omar or at least to go into business with Tony. Because when they bring out the finger wash, the water with the lemons, mm. in, yeah, yeah, and uh, Tony, because of his um, upbringing, his roots, his, uh, his status has no idea that it's to wash your fingers in, yeah. so starts eating the lemon out of it. Yeah. I wonder if Sosa is then like, in his own head, he's like, I will always have the upper hand with this guy yeah. because he's stupid. Mm. Yeah. And therefore that's why I'm going to go into business with him because I think I'm going to outwit him at every yeah. stage. I see mm, that. That's, yeah. a, that's a good call. Speaking of Omar, would you ever F Murray Abraham? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love him. I mean, you probably haven't. On Apple TV Plus, there's a sitcom called Mythic Quest about a video game company and he plays this old writer who writes the role play game that they make and he's so good in it. It sounds good. Um, so because of all this, so this, you know, this where we are in terms of the structure, Tony and Frank have got a fallout. Frank's got to become the obstacle that Tony's got to sort of surpass. Um, Frank, uh, sorry, Tony wants to expand, but Frank doesn't want it. So this is just a, a script question. Tony is going to be very soon, he's going to be on top. But when he says to Frank, he's like, with this deal with Sosa, we can make 75 million a year and we can take LA and New York and da, 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 da. Mm. And Frank doesn't want it. Very sensibly, he doesn't want it. You know, he's like, you, you won't last very long in this business if you keep on this track. You want to be me, yeah. you just keep your head down. Frank is like, the guys who want it all don't last. Yeah, which makes perfect sense because Frank is for a drug dealer, probably in advanced years kind of thing. Mm. So he's got that far by knowing when to stop. But then later on, when Tony is on top, he says to Manny and to the bank person, they're they're making about fifty million a month. So did they take the other cities or not? Because the figures don't quite add up. Oh God, it's a maths question. Um... <laughs> I just think, but watching Tony Montana take New York, <laughs> that's a big deal. They're not going to be like, okay, cool, no problem. Right. <laughs> like, so I just wonder where this all this extra money came from, or maybe he just pushed more into the community, more drugs. I don't know, but um, anyway. Uh, it, that's just a script thing. I just thought I'd missed something. Um, so then we've got a bit of real talk with Elvira by the pool um, where he's like, look, you know, this is what I want. And he says, when I saw you, I thought she's a tiger. She belongs to me. 
that's awesome. That that would work on the spot. You'd be like, I'll get my stuff. Like, fuck it. Like, why waste any more time? You don't know think? I'm going to send Mark a text. What you need to do is walk around the flat going, you're a tiger, you belong to me. Rather than... <laughs> Forget bowling, mushy bowling. That doesn't seem to you're work. You're a tiger, you belong to me. What do you say, Mark? No, no. You're a tiger, you belong to me. Did you... What does that mean? <laughs> well, no, you've ruined it. Um, let's talk about the tiger motif. So... He calls her a tiger. There's a, there's that saying, which I, is swapped out for one large animal, but there is the saying, it's better to live a day as a tiger than a lifetime as a worm, mm. isn't there? And there's equivalencies, like better to live as a mm. lion than whatever. So that's Tony's whole thing. Like there's a very strong tiger motif in this. Um, and, and it's ironic. He thinks he's living that tiger lifestyle as well. Uh, when we when we uh, later on we have the montage and we see all the money in the house and 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 everything that he owns, but it pulls back, and there is gates and barbed wire everywhere. So he's actually in a cage of his own making. Oh, he yes. thinks he's being the tiger, but really he's trapped just like he was before. Yeah. yeah. And at the start, he says to the immigration officers, "How would you feel? Castro watches everything. How would you feel if mm. you were watched all the time? And Cut he's too. He's got fucking surveillance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. And also with the tigers." I think well, obviously there's that fact that in the US there's like more tigers in the US than there is when there than there should be mm. basically, and people treat them like they're big cats and they're not big cats and that's Tony at the they beginning. Are. No, I mean as in they're domesticated but they're, they're not huge. But they're also <laughs> known as big cats. <laughs> they're massive. Yeah, they're you literally big. They're really big. They're the yeah. biggest cat in the world. They're bigger than lions. That's a <laughs> yeah. fact. And also they're part of that family people sort of refer to as big cats. As big cats. Mm. What I mean is mm. they're not a pet. So you no, treat them agreed. like a big right. cat, yeah, that's <laughs> like a big pet. No one's arguing with that. But yeah, no. they will still bite you in the neck. Uh, okay. Is that, is that you, what was your point that a tiger might bite is, you in the no, neck? No, but like Tony will. Right, 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 right. right. At the start, yep. he's like, I'm like a tiger, aren't I? Because I look like... <laughs> he's Tony the tiger. <laughs> he's Tony the tiger. <laughs> he's <laughs> great. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Yeah, do you see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. in there for a reason. He doesn't actually say the line, I'm like a tiger, aren't I? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I don't believe he does. Um, let's talk about Gina. I think I said this before. So he sees Gina in the club. This this is where the film goes for me, like full tilt daft, but I, I'm in it. Like, it's fine, but it's, he sees This is Gina. a crazy 10 minutes, isn't it's it? It's <laughs> madness. And it's just extreme close-up on Tony's eyes and he's like, ah! I feel, I feel like I'm watching have you watched any Jallo horror like I feel like I'm watching Jallo with the with, as you say the close up the music the, the, the electronic music the reds the, the colours that they use it feels like he's taking a lot from Italian cinema of the 70s okay. here which is um, it, it all becomes much larger than life doesn't it it's yeah I mean, to be fair to um, what she called Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, um, the look on her face when he kicks open the toilet, she's gone into the toilets to have a quick shag with this dude that she's picked up on the dance floor the other way around. The fucking look on her face, like she looks very surprised to see her brother <laughs> and it's very effective. Um, I think maybe script-wise it's a bit of a shame. Like the last time you saw Gina, she was very sweet and very innocent and she loves her brother in a really innocent way. And you cut to this really messed up toxic relationship super quick. Like there isn't a mm. middle... I understand Tony's jealousy, but she reacts to his jealousy in a very grown-up way. When the last time you mm. saw her, she was just like a big kid. She does disappear mm. and then reappear in a very different way. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, I'm just going to bore you with a little bit of structure here. So we're in the club. Gina has gone. Tony is isolated. He's doing that slumping thing on the sofa <laughs> that he does quite a lot in yeah. all these films. And he's got to pay off the police and right. the assassins are here. And that, to me, is like a false act to low point. 
all is lost kind of thing. Like he has this world kind of, but he hasn't got his sister. He's got all this admin to deal with, with the police and whatever. And someone's about to kill him. So it's like uh, a really? false, for me, it feels like a false law point. Okay. And then as we move past that, so then he, the assassins don't manage to kill him. False act three. So he goes into Frank's car dealership and has this confrontation. Um, and he's got this big speech to Frank saying, you know, whatever has happened, I have stayed loyal to you, which I've always read as total bullshit. Mm. But I like that for his character because he seems petulant and he seems deluded because he, he wouldn't have remained loyal to Frank. He would have found a reason to get rid of him. Plus, remaining loyal to Frank definitely doesn't include stealing his wife. So it's lies. He's completely deluded about his own moral code, which I like. Yes. Do you think he's got a strong moral code? He, he does later in the film when he refuses to kill the kids. Yeah. Yeah. There are certain things I think he feels strongly about morally. Yeah. That's a weird But he's also, though. his brain's completely adult, but it's alcohol in this scene. It's cocaine later in the film. Yeah. It's... The only moral thing he really does is that I won't mm. kill a mother and her children, mm. which feels like a something that's... Yes, exactly. It feels like it's thrown on just to make his imminent death slightly more sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You... I don't know if I buy it. No, not at all. Um... The, regarding that that scene in the club, though, um, is Richard Bells as the actor who's playing the comedian mm. on stage? And, oh, the guy in the suit. Uh, no, the guy who does it. The introduction, the, the, yeah. like the compare, and he's the comedian. And, and I think Alex, listeners will be maybe surprised to hear that you tried your hand at comedy professionally. That's so true. I, yeah. I, That's I true. reckon that means you might be best qualified to answer this. How good is that set we see of Richard Belzer? Because it's it's pretty good. <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> As these things go. And is it yeah. better or worse than Octavio the Clown, who then shows up? That clown is fucking horrendous. I have a real problem with Octavio the Clown. <laughs> I, I fell down a rabbit hole of Octavio the Clown. Um, some people made a short film called Octavio's Last Stand, where you see what's happening backstage with Octavio <laughs> while all this is happening out front. And, he, and then, yeah, it's tragic and very funny. But... um. <laughs> Yeah, what? I mean, did that, did those blokes shoot up the club just because Octavia was so bad? <laughs> uh, I think the answer is yes. So anyway, the so there's all this stuff that I'm trying to tack on about false lower points and false act threes. Now we're into act two because Frank is killed. So act this two. This probably is why it feels like I spent a day watching this film. Yeah, because it's got false endings. Mm. Um, it's a great scene where Frank gets killed, though. I yeah. think I think yeah. De Palma shoots the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the fake phone call, yeah. Frank's uh, transformation um, mm. is uh, John uh, John Logier. Uh, Robert Logier. Robbie, uh, Robert Logier. <laughs> Close. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Robert Logier, not John Logier. <laughs> Robert Logier is the transformation in mm. that scene from the big dog to yeah. literally begging for his life on his knees is incredible. Mm. Yeah, and then the, he slowly kills Bernstein and it's just, you really see the measure of the man here. Yeah. And who does he He saves, is he a driver? What's the name of the man? You think he's going to kill him and he just says, do you Ernie? want a job? Is it yeah, Ernie? Isn't it? But Which is good. And then again, that's just pure sympathy for, uh, for Tony. I can't believe you asked me the name. It's Sorry, John Logier. <laughs> John Logier. <laughs> so now we're actually in Act 2, which when you're watching it, you're like, oh shit, Act Two's just started. And it's like, we are, this is going to be a long film. Um, so he marries Elvira and it's the life he wanted and he buys Gina a beauty salon and he has this horrible portrait of him and Elvira put in his horrible house. But like Frank said at the beginning, it's hard to know what to do with all that cash, isn't it? So there's a combination here of Tony not being able to accept that 
and not being able to accept the dues you've got to pay to the bankers to wash the money and Manny trying to assert himself and actually do him a favour leads to Tony being caught in a sting and sentenced to three years. So now we're sort of propelled towards our actual Act 2 law point. Um, did we do, is that, have we covered the, the restaurant scene where he loses his shit and starts shouting at all no, the people? No, it hasn't happened no, yet. We're, we're, just, happened yet, we're just getting there. Keep okay. up. But um, although... It's three hours of this. But, I know, I'm sorry. Right. Um, but yeah, also just sidebar. That, so when he's in that big bath, which is surrounded by carpet, which I do find faintly gross because it would just go mouldy and horrible, but whatever. Yeah. I do think it's... It's a shame that his and Elvira's relationship soured so quickly, but it is quite funny. And when he's also to be a nurse, I was laughing my head off because she's many things, but she's not a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good moment because it shows how little he knows her and how dismissive he is of her and all of that. Um. So anyway, this is... Again, this it's is weird, isn't it? It's a really this is a bad advert for cocaine because no one does cocaine in this movie and seems to have a good time. No, no Alvira sits there it, yeah. like miserable, just shoving it up her nose. Tony's like clutching his heart when he's got his face in a mound of the stuff at the end. <laughs> no, it's like, isn't this meant to be fun? It's meant to be fun, yeah. Um, so don't do drugs. Carry on. Don't do drugs. Uh, so Sosa has got this cabal of like ministers and high up drugs people. And for some reason, they do not like an activist or a journalist going on the telly and saying these people are bad drugs people. So Sosa gets Tony to assassinate this activist person to make his troubles go away. So if, if Tony does this, Sosa can sort out the prison sentence. Mm. So Tony's back to where he started. He's which got is- to help Hector Salamanca. <laughs> yeah. And he is is where he has his journey's come full circle. You have to assassinate someone, grubby work kind of thing. Mm. Um and that's when we go back to the restaurant and he's mm. got it all, but it's all rotten and there's nothing magical about it. He's just eating and drinking and his wife is a drug addict. He's going big here, isn't he, Al? Does yeah. this not remind you of the scene from Monty Python's Meaning of Life with Mr. Creosote? You'll bit, have to remind me. A bit maybe, me. It yeah. came out the same year and I'm like, it's just a bit where he's like, fuck off, I'm full. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off. Well, this is the thing. This scene, if you were writing it the more obvious way, Oliver Stone, which you haven't done, which is all good, you would have, Tony thinks that his money will buy him into high society with the waspy blue bloods in that restaurant, right? That's the American dream, isn't it? They, You work hard, you get rich, and then you're the same as any, anyone can be anything. And... But they do have a class system, the same as us, even though it's a bit more downplayed. Mm. So in the real world, if you were Tony Montana in that restaurant, you wouldn't be accepted. But in this scene, the way this is played out, the staff are nice to him, considering the scene that him and his like dining partners make. And the other diners don't seem to give a shit. So he isn't as ostracised as he is making out, I don't think, which is I've good. I've got the sense that everyone was terrified of him in that restaurant. Yeah. I thought they barely noticed him. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I think... I think they're quite like... I think the staff are scared a, of him. A couple of diners leave because of what he's doing in the background. Yeah, but if you if you were marginalising him as an immigrant person and you didn't accept him, even though he's bought his way into your society, you would be dismissive. You would be rude. You wouldn't be... You might be scared, but you maybe wouldn't just leave quietly because that offers... Well, like, confers a sort of respect. Do you not... I... Uh, if I see a, an argument breaking out in a restaurant, I freeze, which I think is what a lot of these diners do. Yeah. Like, it's... I don't know why... Maybe something buried, but I like. I just. I'm like. If Vicky told me that my wound was polluted, would you do anything about it? <laughs> yeah, based on the places you go, Victoria, you'd have been in there throwing some punches. <laughs> Shit, fucking down me! I'm eating my chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know where you go. And there's go. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> they 
have seats where I go, not just a counter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't taste the same unless you stood up. I'm pissed. Um, but anyway, I think the big speech is good for me in terms of his character because it makes him seem like he's still got a really big chip on his shoulder. He, and that chip mm. is never going to go away. Yeah. It doesn't matter all the money he's got. He is in high society. They have, they have kind of accepted him in their own weird way. And it's never going to be enough because he can never get over this thing that he's got. I know what you mean. And it is a good scene. I felt at this point that I was like, <sighs> I was starting to go, what needs to be here? Because we've still got so long to go. Oh, yeah. I was starting to edit this movie in my mind. Sorry, Mr. Palmer. I was like, <laughs> is, is this absolutely necessary? And does it need to be this long? Were the two questions yeah. that kept running around my head because I was like, this is just too long. Yeah. Well, because now we go to New York and I, didn't, I don't really want to go to New York. I want always Tony to be in Miami, in situ, where he's, you know, his most powerful. Putting him in New York... Just as a movie goer, you're just like, oh, good fellas, like just straight away, and it's never going to compare. Um, and then he's got this strong moral code, basically at the sort of 89th minute, that all of a sudden he won't kill women and kids. Now, in fairness, you've never seen him kill women and kids, but it just comes a bit of a surprise. Like, he won't do what it takes to get the job done. Especially knowing the consequences. I know he's meant to be like full of cocaine and deluded and paranoid and just, but you, you know, you're like, Sosa does go. Don't ever fuck me over. Yeah. Uh, mm. I, you know, I will kill you. You've seen me hang a guy out of a helicopter. You ever seen that before? No. no. So there you go. It was and, a spectacle, wasn't it? Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't want his... I could have just shot him. At the you table, know? the way Vicky said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you want him to be defeated by his... his, his his innate decency mm, true. and <laughs> desire to protect a woman and children. That that's not what met. should that isn't what should bring this character down. Yeah, that's it's very everything nice. else. <laughs> yeah. So he, he kills uh Sosa's man, which is obviously a mistake. And um, we got back home and then he discovers Gina with Manny, which we've touched on at the very beginning. <laughs> um and so he kills Manny, um, yeah, it's it's all it's crazy. The, we were going to surprise you. The marriage thing that was never going to fly. I don't think he would have been keen on the marriage at no, all. But also, come on, Manny, timing. Yeah, I'm away in New York. This is maybe the most serious time yeah. in our lives for for, the, for this business. Mm. You've just got to hold things down while I'm away. Where you've gone? Yeah. Where are you, Manny? So are you saying part of Tony's anger comes from not being invited to the wedding? <laughs> no, I think you're married be... <laughs> already. I think Manny's asking for it, even if he didn't marry the sister, just by buggering off for three days when he was he was needed. Yeah, what you cannot get the staff. Just wait a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are invited to my wedding, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so. Anyway, so Sosa's assassins are on the way uh, because Tony's fucked up. So he's doing his slumped thing. He's absolutely covered in cocaine. Mm. There's these ginormous lines. He's very still for, for a man that's a good point. who's ingested that much cocaine. I thought he'd be a little more edgy. No one's ever ingested that much cocaine, though, so who knows what it does to you. That's a good point. I don't understand. Every time I watch them, I don't understand why you don't instantly drop dead. How do you not just have a massive heart attack? Yeah. What was he made? Oh, he mind is, you, he's indestructible, isn't he? Does he does hold his chest. And he's yeah. Like, mm, it made a bit of a bad idea. But like you say, he's he's totally immobile. Um, the amount of coke everywhere is like nauseating, but he can't focus on what's unfolding in front of him. And, you know, this is obviously going to be his end. And so into all this, so Chris... what does happen. I wonder if anyone has, you know, if you're, I'm sure it would just if you're a drug a drug lord in your Bolivian mansion, or lady know, who who decides to or or lady a drug lord or lady <laughs> they call them drug ladies. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a cocaine lady. I'm a drug lady. <laughs> this is my drug lord, but I'm the brains. 
<laughs> Mine's merely a title. Uh, I don't actually run the business, but I am a lord through marriage. <laughs> I, uh, I wonder if you have ever just gone... Just let's just see. Put the biggest mound on this table. I'm going to put my face in it and just breathe in. Just see what happens. <laughs> just see what happens. I want to show off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was thinking of you, Chris Tilly, in this scene because into the middle of all of this, <laughs> of your massive this is warrior addiction. This is worrying. I would say this is your ultimate. Chris Tilly, not now love moment. <laughs> yeah. A for timing, B for yep. context. But Gina's after a shag, isn't she? <laughs> There's a lot going on. I agree. It's a not now love moment. But as I said at the start, I think she's lost her mind. So we can forgive her. It's and she doesn't realise the ending of Commando's about to happen in, in that room. It's mixed messages, though. She's asking him to fuck her while shooting a gun at him. It's like, make your mind up. Yeah, she's gone full. She's a little, it's a little bit of the Lady Macbeth kind of thing. Sort of like she's just gone. She's yeah, gone crackers. Yeah, she has. Yeah, I don't think she actually wants him to have sex with her. I think she would be upset if he did. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Although she, he does have consent legally now, so <laughs> you go wild, fill your boots, Tony. There's nothing she could do I've about being caught. Got it being on caught. camera. <laughs> got it on, literally on camera. What do you mean I'm being arrested? She was literally asking for it. <laughs> and you know how we get a lot of scenes of these Colombians coming into the house now? That's because when he was firing a gun, Pacino burned his hand so badly, mm. he left the set for two weeks. So they had two weeks of shooting people <laughs> approaching the house. <laughs> Which, and I was saying Spielberg uh, shot some of it because yeah. he was visiting the set. Um, so Gene is dispatched and so I'm going to set you up for your big impression because I'm not going to do it so Tony busts open his gun cabinet he takes out a missile launcher it's not a missile it launcher it is a missile launcher stop calling it a missile launcher <laughs> what is it then a missile launcher it, I'm sorry but it's what you are calling just a gun with a grenade launcher on it's it a, it's a, oh a grenade <laughs> fine whatever it's a rifle yeah. equipped with a grenade launcher I find it pathetic that you know. <laughs> it's I've an assault rifle Within a grenade. Speaking launcher. of speaking of commando, there's missile launchers in commando. Yeah. That's it's over the shoulder job. Yeah. Same thing, no, isn't it? You, no. It's not a bullet. No, it's because big... then that would be a big friend. <laughs> True, actually. <laughs> All right, so you ready? Say hello, to my missile launch. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought it was. I don't know, Armory. You've got what up there? Back up, everyone out. He's got a missile launcher. <laughs> no, I can't believe it so, isn't. <laughs> I tell you what, I've not found out doing my research this time was that line in the script though because it's a weird thing for him to say and it's something I would imagine Pacino maybe saying off the cuff it is a weird thing to say yeah I'm sure they did but I know that it was very hard to shoot that scene because it took two days to shoot because the stuntman didn't just have to fall he then had to um, hold his breath Oh, right. when he when he lands for yeah. quite a long time because they wanted to hold the shot for ages. So I imagine they shot it a few times. And I do wonder where that line, whether it was Pacino or Stone or De Palma or whoever. Mm. Anyone know? I don't actually know. I wish I had movie. asked. I'm very Let's sorry. Let's find out, Victoria. Uh, yes. Uh, Oliver Stone wrote that in Paris mm-hmm. when he was drying out and he thought, just for a little bit, little bit of a giggle at the end. Mm. Do you dry out after cocaine? Because it's quite a dry, it's a powder anyway. Do you wet up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> No, wet in, dry out, wet in. Yeah, wet in. Wet in. Yeah. What, are you doing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing in Paris, Ol? I'm wetting in. What now? I don't, yeah, that's a good point. You dry out from booze don't you, because of the liquids. Mm, yeah. yeah, so what do you do when you're coming off coke? I don't okay. have terrible withdrawals. <laughs> yeah, sorry, who cares? Right, Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's it. Yep. That's what I meant to do. Um, so anyway, the big shootout, blah, blah, blah. So we pick out like our final guy, the guy with the sunglasses, which is obviously a smart idea because there's people everywhere. Call it? it what it is. He gets killed by the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wrote down Terminator. <laughs> Just guy with the shotgun, sunglasses on. Yeah, sunglasses. Combat jacket. To be fair, it's pre-Terminator. It so. is. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and, saying, I'm saying Cameron went. Hang on a second. And in that situation, the the last thing I think I'd be wearing is sunglasses with all that smoke everywhere and the lights getting smashed out. And it being night time. And it being (laughs) night time, yeah. Um, Tony's shot to pieces from the front, but for some reason you just can't kill him. He cannot be killed. Um, That's what happens when you do that much cocaine. That's what I thought. Mm. It is. The first time I watched it, he's hot. He's just going so... It it allows him to be, in in the vernacular of this film, a bit more... Indestructible yeah. for the finale, oh, just to just to make it that much yeah, more. Over I think the top. it's an emotional state, though. I know I don't think it's because his heart's pumping. Because if you get shot and your heart's pumping like crazy, you're squirting blood like in a massive arc out no, of those I'd, wounds. I disagree. I think it's probably like a chemical, like an adrenaline thing. You've got so much adrenaline yeah. going through yeah, you. It's, yeah, it's a hormonal thing, yeah. but it's not the fact that your heart is going boom, 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 because that would make more blood escape quicker. Sure. Yeah. All right, whatever. You're the doctor. <laughs> Thank <apparently. you>. Well, <clears throat> I still practice. <laughs> um, where are we? Well, now you've now you've. Um, well, to- Tony's just been shot. Nonsense. Tony's just been shot by the Terminator. That's it. So, is he a symbol? Is he a superhero? Is he just very lucky? Has he just got loads of coke in him? Whatever, whatever. But sunglasses puts one in his back, and that does it. And so he falls into his literal bloodbath. Now, I think so. He's got that horrible statue thing of mm. the world is yours. I think it's a very sensible decision not to linger on that statue because if we linger on that, we're saying, oh, isn't Tony's story sad and tragic? And in Tony's story, is not sad and tragic. This is the end that was always coming to him. And at this point, it's pretty silly. But we focus on Sunglasses Guy because I think the film is trying to say there'll be somebody else along to take his place in five minutes flat and it could be Sunglasses Guy, it could be anyone, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's all about succession, which is what... Carlito's way is about as well, mm. ultimately. And fun fact, uh, The World is Yours is from the original Scarface. Oh. The character sleeps underneath a billboard that says The World is Yours. Oh, so nice. they, they pulled a lot of stuff in, which is why I guess it's dedicated to Howard Hawks and Ben Hecht at the end. Yeah. Which is quite an unusual thing to do, to dedicate the film to the people who wrote the original and directed the original. But they took a lot. Yeah. Um, and that is all I have. It's quite nice when he dies. That scene is so intense and so loud mm. and so hectic. Yeah. I was like... Oh, bit of peace and quiet. Really was. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do the bits? I was just going to say we've got a remake coming. Oh no, really? Yeah. Yeah. Written by the Cohen brothers. Yes. Okay. And directed by uh, Luca Guadagnino. Mm. Call me by your name. Oh director. yeah. And okay, the Suspiria that, that... remake, which is interesting. Well, that all makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. been, it's been talked about for ages mm. now because it was originally 2011 they started talking about it, which was going to be by uh, a screenplay by David Ayer. And uh, David Yates was going to be directing wow, it. Wow, okay. It's quite interesting. Then Antoine Fuqua was going to be directing it and mm-hmm. uh, with Diego Luna mm-hmm. uh, taking the lead. And now, yeah, it sounds like it is still happening. Well, yeah, that was May 2020. That was announcement was made, but obviously nothing's been happening since then. So, yeah, interesting. I think it's thought that it might be about Mexican immigrants, this version, but nobody quite knows. But I think the big legacy from this film was... Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah. Miami Vice happened because of Scarface. And then you got, I never played it, but Vice City as Grand well. Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yeah. It's, um, it, that is one of the weirdest moments where uh, you feel like a video game has, the, the, the line is blurred between movie and video game playing that because there's just so, you feel like you're playing Scarface. Mm. Mm. And I remember 20 years ago, I reviewed the DVD of this 
when I was at Hot Dog, and there was—I just remember there being a documentary on that, all about uh, how it infiltrated the rap world, and it's quite a crazy thing. Like Scarface is the hero of every rapper from that period, and it's just—I don't know. He's—it's an interesting character to have become a role model. Yeah. And my friend from Leeds as well, petty yeah, drug dealer. Petty yeah. drug dealer. <laughs> so petty. You owe him two pound fifty. We'll not let it go. Row up. <laughs> uh, right, bits then. So, Chris, what was your best scene? Um, I very much like when Al Pacino becomes the physical manifestation of cocaine at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, but I'm not going to go obvious, and we didn't mention it, so I'm going to mention it here. I like the money-making montage to '80s rock song "Push It to the Limit." Oh yeah. Um. I just love the song. I love the 80s-ness of it, the stuff they're buying, the stuff they're doing, the clothes they're wearing. I love an 80s montage. Okay. What about you? Uh, well, I've got a couple of uh, dubs that I forgot to do oh, uh, earlier, which I'll include in the, the best scene section uh, from the TV dubbed version. Uh, this town is going to get... I'm sorry. <laughs> this town's like a great big pussy waiting to get fucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, got changed to... This town is like a great big chicken waiting to get plucked. <laughs> it's good. And uh, when Manny is turned down by the girl who doesn't like the tongue action and mm. says, lesbian, uh, that turned into lame brain. <laughs> lame brain. <laughs> so my favourite scene, though, Why is... Why is he not allowed to call it? He's being really mean and cold and rude and... Prejudice and shouting lesbian because why are you not allowed to shout lesbian at someone? Uh, my uh, my research went as far as writing them down. I didn't research what the TV standards authority Sorry, yeah, in America. That, that was an cons- unfair why question. Why they consider lesbian uh, a, a an bad offensive word? word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. uh, this is 1983. They don't exist. Lesbians? Uh, no, yeah. I know. So um, my best scene is the the drug deal uh, gone wrong at the yes. start of the chainsaw. That whole sequence, I think, is just one of the tensest pieces of cinema I've watched recently and is so good. And the guy who's doing the such a sleazy guy, that false friendship he does at the yeah. start and like when he gets shot in the head and he's still angry that his little plan's gone wrong. Yeah. Fantastic. The whole sequence, brilliant. Well, we've got something. We've all got something different because I like I like a lot, but I think uh, Tony at the immigration station at the start, where mm. you just meet you, you're just trying to get a hold of who this person is, and he's a fucking snake, and he's just waiting and waiting, but he's pretending to be a little bit stupid. It's all brilliant, all good. And the scene where the guy realizes he's going to die, and he's trying to exit the dormitory tent. Oh yeah, uh, it's that's good. really good. That's really good. Uh, your most valuable, whatever, Alex. Uh, I'm, I, I sort of, I was, uh, <laughs> I was leaning on uh, maybe going for uh, John Logier or uh, Robert <laughs> Logier uh, as Frank Lopez, uh, or as I'll always know, Mr. McMillan from Big. Uh, he's just really good in mm-hmm. that scene where he's begging for his life. I think it's it's fantastic. But I think I'm going to go with De Palma. It's too long. Um, but the look he gives the film is incredible and it's iconic. And you just mentioned it. I was going to mention it here. Like I do remember playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City and it being uh, an incredible experience because of this movie. And I think it, it just looks fantastic. Um, and so I'm going Brenda Palmer. Well, I'll jump in there then because I'm going Ed Richardson and Bruce Weintraub. Uh, who are the art director and set decorator. Because oh, nice. I think bad taste has never looked so good. Yeah, fair enough. It was really fun watching, just looking at the clothes and the houses and the the bars. And it just, uh, it's an amazing looking film. So shout out to them. Did you notice his monogrammed chair? That's, no. oh, I'm obsessed with it. So when he's slumped and he's got that huge pile of cocaine, he's got a T and an M and it's horrible. Like if you were new money, you'd be like, that is awesome. But it's horrible. This like gold <laughs> thing. It's black and gold. Yeah. Black and gold is like, that's what you go to if you want to go, this is tasteless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dubai. 
Nah. <laughs> the whole of Dubai. <laughs> Sponsored by Dubai. Yeah, we're not going there. Um, right, so mine is actually Michelle Pfeiffer. What? Just we're not going there. Like no. we planned a holiday together. We're just trying to decide on the location. We might get sponsored by the whole of Dubai to go <laughs> and do Sponsored some influencing. Sponsored by Dubai. <laughs> yeah. Which part? No, Alex, your read is just. Uh, Clash Brother here. Sponsored by Dubai. It does happen to people. It does. The only place black and gold looks good <laughs> come and buy our cheap gold mm. um, right I want to go to the there's a restaurant that you access via a submarine you know that seven star hotel yes there's an undersea restaurant there apparently Someone I would like there. to do that mm. I do kind of want to go to Dubai because of the water parts I bet they're amazing um, anyway yep sorry Sidebar. So anyway, yes, Michelle Can't Pfeiffer. Smoke your your reefer out there. No. I can, but the consequences <laughs> will be dire. Stay there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it here. Let's stay here forever in prison. <laughs> um, I think Michelle Pfeiffer. I think Elvira is a really interesting character because she is not super glamorous. She's a little bit trashy. Um, and she's not super high bred, but she believes herself to be above the men she's with and all of that. But for Michelle Pfeiffer, given that. Al Pacino didn't want her to do it and Brian De Palma didn't want her to do it. Then you've got to turn up and fucking do it. I do think that is quite something. And Al Pacino is, I mean, he's a big presence, to be fair. And knowing that he didn't even want you there, I'm sure he's very professional once you start shooting. Or maybe not, who knows? But it must have been fucking hard, as you like, to give a performance that I honestly, over the years... She, I remember her in proportion to the screen time she has as much as I remember him. And I think that takes, in Tony's words, some balls to do that. <laughs> so her. Uh, what would you change, Alex? Uh, I would change. Um, it's too long. It's simply, it's simply too long. Now, I like an epic movie and I don't mind a movie that lasts three hours if it maintains... Um, I guess a certain energy and like my interest to warrant that runtime. And I do, I do just think there are scenes here, like when he's maybe buying a Porsche, but then he doesn't buy the Porsche. And the Octavio scene, the clown scene um, in the Babylon Club where the hitman are waiting to kill him. I think you can create that tension of the hitman about to kill him without having a performance from a man in a clown suit that goes on that long. We just keep cutting to Tony and the clown and the hitmen <laughs> yeah. and they get their guns out and then they hide their guns and they get them out again. And they're looking at the spotlight. You're yep. like, oh, fuck's sake. Um, so it's <laughs> that's too long. Um, and I, it, it wears me out by the end. And yeah, the end's great. But I think there are, sorry to Mr. De Palma, but I think there are trims that could be made in here and at least knock half an hour off it. Is he listening to this? Yes. Yeah, he listens. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, he wants I'm, us to do Raising Cain soon. I really want to do Raising Cain. His Kane. words, not mine. If Mr. Palmer's listening, then I'm, I'm not making any changes. Fuck off. Are you really? <laughs> uh, no, um, I just don't think we have to go as heavy on Tony loving his sister because we get it. <laughs> we get it in the first scene. And so some of the follow up scenes where it's just smashing us over the head with it, it just becomes ridiculous. Yeah. Um, especially, I think, the one you were talking about, the giallo scene with the eyes and the music and stuff. We get it. Mm -hmm. Don't hit me around the head with it. Fair enough. I don't like introducing the UN at a late stage. I think this is a horrible fairy tale. And obviously drug dealers are real, but we're projecting what fantastical excess would look like. So when you say we need to kill this man outside the UN, you're like, oh, the, uh, the United Nations. Like, I don't buy that Sosa's cabal of whoever would be particularly threatened by a bad speech at the UN. Mm. Um, and it brings it into a world of like, do you care about the UN or not? Do you even know what the UN is? Like for a lot of like people watching, like what is the threat that the UN poses? The police, we understand. Bigger bosses, we understand. Other drug gangs in other parts of 
the country we understand so it ruins the fun a bit because we we're, we're in this you know made up universe and then all of a sudden we're like oh the UN ugh, and it sort of brings you back to the real world in a way that doesn't work for me so I would get rid of all of that mm. Mm. good chat good That's change it. thanks solid changing yeah always lovely stuff that brings us to the end of Scarface should we do a quiz Got my tin. <laughs> What's it called? Big, big movie box. Big movie quiz box. <laughs> big movie quiz box. <laughs> big movie challenge quiz box is here. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Okay, all right. Uh, here we go. This quiz is called Whose Line Was It? Right. So, I'm going to give you the line. I want you to tell me the film. Okay. And then if you get that right, whoever gets that right can then have a go at saying who said it. The Ooh. character. So, Only that person. Yes. Okay. And if they can't get it, then I'll throw it over to the other side. But Stop. they get first dibs at it. Right. So film first. Mm. I live my life a quarter a mile at a time. Vin Diesel. Oh, shit. Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the name of the character? Uh, his name is... Oh, my God. Dominic Toretto. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Correct. Two points to Alex. Uh, okay. Next one. Mm-hmm. Ugh, as if. Clueless. Correct. And what's the name of the character? Cher. Correct. Oh. Whoa, she pulled it back. Florals for spring. Groundbreaking. Oh, I do know this. I don't know this. Is it? It's not Romy and Michelle. No. Thank God. <laughs> it's it's sink clothes. She's talking about clothes here. Uh, the Devil Wears Prada. Correct. Oh, I do know this. What's the name of the character? Oh, I can tell you she's based tough. on. It's, it's Meryl Streep's character. She's based on Anna Winter. It's tough, isn't I've it? forgotten her name. Oh. Any idea? No. Carla uh, French. <laughs> Miranda Priestley. Oh, I'd never have okay. that. Okay. Uh, three left. Next one. Why is the rum always gone? Uh, Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> and the character is Jack Sparrow. <laughs> uh, which Pirates of the Caribbean? Car- Pirates of the Caribbean. Dead Man's Chest. Chest. Correct. Chest. Vicky, no. would you like to go for the character? <laughs> is it Jack Sparrow? Correct. You can't do that. That's insane. <laughs> No, you had to do the film title first and you, you got the wrong Pirates of the Caribbean, unfortunately. I didn't. I said Pirates of the Caribbean and I was about to say <laughs> Dead Man's Chest. Didn't hear oh, it. Fine. Um, <laughs> it's not fine, is it? <laughs> this, is where, this is where the wheels come off this quiz. What, the rules? Um, <laughs> title first. Fine. I will find you and I will kill you. I'm taken. Correct. <laughs> What's the name of the character? Dad. No, he's called. He's called. My dad. My dad's going to find me. Are you allowed to just use the first name? No, I need both names. Oh. Oh, he's probably called Jack something. No, Alex. Brian. Yep, Brian what? I'll give you half a point for that. Thanks. Brian. Logan. Hanson. Hanson, yeah. <laughs> but like strong man. Right. Final one. Uh, it's Brian Mills. Uh, you'll never get a boyfriend... If you look like you've wandered out of Auschwitz. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's tough. That's, that's strong, isn't it? Mm. For a beloved uh, romantic comedy. Um, mean Girls? Jerry Maguire? Sleepless in Seattle? No, it's an English film. Four Weddings Bridget and a Funeral? Bridget Jones' Diary. Correct. And who says it? It's Daniel Cleaver, Carver, um, Hugh Grant. No, do you know who says it? Bridget Jones. <laughs> uh, no, it was Bridget's mum. Uh. Vicky is the winner. Well, well played, that's... Vicky. Thanks. It's controversy, but still don't get to do my charades. Charades clue. on, charades <laughs> on the radio. Clue. Yeah. Excited to do that. Ooh, right then, that is us done for Scarface, and indeed the quiz for this week and uh, next week. Clash Butters in control continues with another listener pairing. The clue 
Coming from Victoria? Yes. Oh, so is that my... Sorry, you cueing me... Oh. I was, yeah. <laughs> right, sorry. Right, you ready? Yeah. Is it a gorilla? Is it a whale? No, it's a lizard dinosaur. What? Do you need to hear that again? <laughs> what? <laughs> so I didn't nice. think we could get worse than the quiz. <laughs> Vicky, I've say told that. you before. It's not Are my you putting thing. all your energy into the quiz now, and therefore letting the clue slip? I'll just do it again. Is it a gorilla? Is it a whale? No, it's a lizard dinosaur. What? Do you need to hear that again? Do you know what movies we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> I think I do. I don't think you do. I do. I can explain it to you off air. All right, fine. fine. All right, all right. Cool. As, as, all, as all quite close. Good <laughs> 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 See how confusing, see how actually manipulative you are. You like it if one person gets, gets it, and so I make it hard... And then I get in trouble. Is that hard? <laughs> I don't know that it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That's your clue. Have fun with that. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter, where we are at ClashPod. Have a guess. <laughs> is it gorilla? Yeah, is it lizard? No. It's a dinosaur. Yeah. Well, it's important, the other bit. <laughs> Do you need to hear that again? Yeah, is yeah. it a gorilla? No, it's, that's part of the clue. Like, do you need to hear oh, it? Again? I shouldn't have said anything. Bowling yeah. machine, bowling. <laughs> <laughs> that's your fault. Excuse me now. <laughs> right then, uh, in the meantime, please subscribe to us, rate and indeed review us if you have the time on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. It's a great help in checking with us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod. We are back on Thursday talking Carlito's way. Bye bye. This was a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.